Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you can get better. That's our goal here every single day. Today, we're going to learn how to get happier, too. Uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, one of our favorites, is back in studio with his 159th book, probably. <laughs> Honestly. How many books does he have? That's like 40. <laughs> Do you think he, ha- he has less than Deepak then? He does have less wow, than Deepak. Wow, Deepak's got more. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, I he know. wrote this book called You Happier, The Seven Neuroscience Secrets of Feeling Good Based on Your Brain Type. So we are going to talk about your brain type. Are you persistent? Are you sensitive brain? Are you... Uh, cautious, cautious brained and then balanced. Spontaneous. Wouldn't we all just want to be the balanced one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we're going to talk all about that today and how we can get happier and also break a lot of the myths surrounding happier. So before we get into that, our quote of the day, don't believe everything you hear even in your mind. That is from Dr. Daniel Amen. It's like my our, favorite quote of his. I love it. He is our guest today. As I mentioned, Heal Squad, what's up? Thank you for being with us. We are so excited uh, to have a double board certified psychiatrist, one of America's top brain health experts, 12-time New York Times bestselling author and founder of the Amen Clinics in studio today talking about happiness. So here's what I loved. Um It's funny. So there are lies about happiness. Before we get him in here, let's talk about some of these lies that I was underlining and loving. Having more and more of something, love, sex, fame, drugs, will make you happy. Isn't that what we all think? If I just had more money, if I just had that Chanel bag, if I just had that whatever on Instagram everyone else has, I'll be happy. Well, friends, from this person who studied the brain maybe more than anyone, unfortunately, if you are not careful, the more pleasure you get, the more you will need in the future to continue making you happy, something called hedonic adaptation. Your brain will adapt to high pleasure experiences, so you'll need more each time to get the same effect, much like cocaine. Seeking more and more of a pleasure high often leads to depression because it wears out the pleasure centers in your brain, which we'll discuss. I've seen this phenomenon repeatedly in Olympic and professional athletes, movie stars, and recording artists who never learned to manage their minds. So, holy moly, Margie and Elle, our old neighbors Mm -hmm. back in uh, Van Nuys, California, when we first bought our first house, we're like, oh my God, we have to like do everything now. Let's put in a jacuzzi. Let's, you know, build this. Let's fix that. Let's make everything amazing. And that's the tendency when you get a new apartment like Kelsey did, or, you know, my friend Dimitri, when he got his first new apartment, I go, hey, 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 slow down. You don't have to buy everything today. You're, you're gonna, you need to sit in it for a minute to really know what you need. Because a lot of us, when you get your first house or your first apartment, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you 
assume you know what you need. You got to sit in it for a second and really feel out. What's your rhythm going to be in this new space? Do you think you're going to be sitting in the kitchen and eating or are you going to be sitting on your balcony or are you going to be doing it in your, how are you really using all your spaces? Then you know what you really need. Then you can go out and buy what you need. Mm -hmm. That is the smartest way to do it. Anyhow, (laughs) Margie and Al had us young bucks. So she was like basically saying, kids, You don't need it all now. You need things to look forward to. If you get it all now, you're going to be depressed later because you're going to need more and more and more. She knew this, okay? Very, very wise woman from Finland. She knew that your brain starts to adapt to these high pleasure things or to having all these things and then you need more to make you happier, right? Mm -hmm. Now I've had the thousand person birthday party in my yard. Wow. I'd have to go to 2000 next time to make it better than that. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) But it's the truth. You know, you get really unhappy. And only people who have had repeatedly kind of high pleasured activities and experiences in life really understand. But all of us can get it to some degree, right? We think Disney World is the injection we need in life. (laughs) And and then eventually maybe that's not enough, right? Yeah. Um, That's why you see people getting into crazy drugs because the high from this one isn't enough anymore. I need the next one. I need the next one. But it's applicable to everything. And so I just think it's so powerful to know that we have to manage our minds. No one talks about managing your minds and managing your thoughts and... Um, I just think that was really powerful. And there's so many of these, um, don't worry, be happy. That mindset that was promoted by the popular 1988 Grammy song of the year of the same name by Bobby McFerrin will make you happy. That is line number two. In fact, this mindset will make you unhappy and kill you early. Oof. Oh my God. I grew up saying, don't worry, be happy. Uh, so don't worry, be happy people. According to one of the longest longevity studies ever published, die early from accidents and preventable illnesses. You need some anxiety to be happy, apparently. Appropriate anxiety helps us make better decisions. It prevents us from running into the street as children, risking broken bones, and running headlong into toxic relationships as adults and risking broken hearts. Yikes. Damn. (laughs) Um, Makes sense, though. Lie number four, someone else will make you happy. The notion that happiness lies elsewhere is wrong. A prime example is Disneyland. By the way, I am not knocking Disney. I love Disney. I'll knock it. Which claims to be the happiest place on earth. You don't like it? No. Oh, my God. It gives me so much anxiety there. What are you guys talking about? Queen, you don't love Disney? That doesn't even make sense. I don't hate it, but I don't... It wouldn't be my choice of, like, I have a... have a fun day. I want to go to Disneyland. No way. Absolutely not. Oh my God. It's my favorite place. <laughs> no. Okay. But you also get all the fast passes, Maria. So maybe that's why. Maybe because we I've have only to gone like, VIP. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like right. we have to go with like the crowds and like, oh, all that. hell no. Right. So that's, that's when saying. it's not fun. Right. No way. Okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> so guys, the craziest thing. So we went, Good so point. we went on two, two vacations like growing up. Right. So we had saved money in the helium tank as we were finding change, loose change on the floors, cleaning the nightclubs. Eventually my dad opened the helium tank and we had enough money to go to Greece. Um, But they had saved money and we went to Disneyland first. Mm. And so we went to Disneyland or Disney World and it was amazing, except for the fact that my brother pouted the entire time. Shock. (laughs) What a shock. Every picture we have, I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Anyhow, um, we, we went to Disney and you know, we stand in all the lines and it was like hours for Space Mountain. So now cut to the next time I go to Disney, I'm hosting the Christmas Day Parade there. So I get free, you know, experiences there. And I was able to go VIP because we're also kind of still working. So we were going in between work. Guys, they take us with the SUV to the back door. We pull in the back door, we get in. And they literally just let us on alone. And they said, how many times do you want to do it? And I'm like, what? And so if you wanted to go alone, you could. They're like a certain celebrity. All right, Carrie. Um, She would shut down the haunted house thing. 
and just go up and down in it nonstop. That's my favorite ride. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That it is everything. a whole different level. Guys, I think I would love it then. So when we went to Space Mountain and we had no line and we could go multiple times in a row, I was like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. And I just had these flashbacks to me and my mom and dad and the other one uh, in line forever yeah. at Disney. And I was like, wow, I'm really lucky. So then from then on, because I worked for Disney, I was able to go VIP. So Pooja, great distinction. Thank you for being the voice here. Um, <laughs> it is true. I am super spoiled because, you know. We've been able to go that way. Yeah. So yes, I don't like a lot of crowds. That would not be for me. I'm not someone who waits in line. So Queen, now I fully understand, but you've never gotten me. We have to go to Maria next time <laughs> yeah, and then we'll go. like it. Because don't get me wrong. Roller coasters are my favorite thing in the world. Oh my God, there's nothing better. Okay, so, yeah, so we're coming with you. So line number four, <laughs> someplace else will make you happy. The notion that happiness lies elsewhere is wrong. A prime example is Disneyland, which claims to be the happiest place on earth. I grew up in Southern California and Disneyland opened in 1955 when I was just one year old. This is Dr. Eamon, not me, people. Uh, I've been many times, depending on whom I'm with, it can be fun or it can be stressful and exhausting because of the large crowds, long lines, crying children, and expensive trinkets. I'm hoping it's not the happiest place on earth as stress can shrink the major mood and memory centers in the brain. Okay. So Dr. Raymond doesn't like it either. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, drop a comment below and let us know what the happiest place on earth is for you. And do you do lines? Are you patient? Are you impatient? Um, let us know in the chat and then any questions you might have uh, for future episodes with Dr. Raymond because he's here all the time. Please let us know. In the meantime, Heal Squad, we are very excited to bring in Dr. Amen. He's helped millions of people change their brains and live through his work and, and their lives through his work. Today, we're going to be chatting with him, like I said, about his new book, You Happier, and he's going to help us get happier. We'll be right back. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Okay, we are back with Dr. Daniel Amen, and uh, we are talking about how to be happier. I was going over with everybody some of the lies in the beginning of the book that I think are so funny, and we were having a whole Disney World discussion about, uh, is Disney World the happiest place on earth? And then we realized... <laughs> I believe it's the happiest place on earth because I go VIP. <laughs> Kelsey, who you would think, because she's so big and bright, would love Disney, was like, I don't like it at all. And I'm like, what? Pooja, of course, had to jump in with the voice of reason. She's like, you don't have to wait in the lines. I'm like, great point. That's why I love it. I do not love lines. Um, but one of the things that really stuck out to me was that number one lie, that having more of something will make you happy. And I was giving them a story about the first house we bought in California. Our neighbors were from Finland and they saw us. We were trying to do everything on the house at once. And she was like, you need something to look forward to. You don't have to have it all now. And I remembered that sticking with both of us. And it was such an important lesson because, listen, at some point you keep outgrowing what's going to make you happy. And then you need the higher, higher high and the higher high, whether it's cars um, or, you know, drugs or whatever it is. And I just thought that was a really powerful thing that a lot of people don't talk about. Well, it wears out the pleasure centers in your brain. And, you, you know, I've been blessed to see some huge superstars like Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. And 
it's like fame is the worst thing for your brain because it takes dopamine, so the neurotransmitter of feeling good, dumps it when you have, Miley was just in Brazil and had 103,000 people screaming for her. And it's like, what a high. Mm -hmm. But it wears out that pleasure center you have in your brain and then you need more and more to feel anything at all, which is why um, addiction is such a big issue among the young superstars. Um, it's a big issue in society. Um, but you want to be careful. Um, they quote um, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger, I can't get no satisfaction mm -hmm. after 4,000 women. I'm like, wow, it just <laughs> seems like so much work. Yeah. But I don't, I, you know, that's why I always say when people try to ask me, for their kids to get into the business. I'm like, I think it's the unhealthiest thing that they can do. And so I wonder from your perspective, having worked with so many celebrity clients who were child stars, is it something that you you would shy away from? Well, if you, if you do it, then, because my daughter acts, it's, you just have to do everything else right. And I've just so enjoyed teaching them how to take care of their brains mm -hmm. and how to really become the CEO of their own life. But um, I'm in Justin Bieber's docuseries Seasons, and, you know, like many celebrities, like, come, and sometimes he wouldn't, and sometimes he'd do what I said, and most of the time he wouldn't. And then when he went through a hard time, he came into my office, he said, okay, I get it. My brain is an organ, just like my heart is an organ. Mm. And if you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. He said, now take care of my brain and then I'll be better. And it, it's just been so much fun to sort of watch him grow up taking care of his brain. Mm -hmm. And but, but nobody talks about that, right? They don't teach you that in school. Um, we have a program in high schools called Brain Thrive by 25. And we teach kids to love and care for their brains. And they tell us it's the most important class they've ever taken. And we had an independent group study it. Decreases drug, alcohol, and tobacco use. Because why would you poison the organ that get you a date, that get you into college, that mm -hmm. get you a job, um, decreases depression and improves self-esteem. Um, you know, the pandemic's just been so hard on everybody, doubled depression in children. It doubled depression in kids? Doubled depression in kids. Actually wow. tripled it in adults from February of 2020 to August of 2020. Wow. Went from 8.5% of the population, which was at an epidemic level, to 28%. And the big winner was pharmaceutical companies. They're the huge winners out of this pandemic. You know, psychiatric drugs for anxiety and depression and ADHD and OCD and whatever. Um, but yet no one's talking about, you know, if you take care of your brain, you're less likely to need those. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may need them, but you'll need less if you do. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the big missing piece to happiness. In the book, I talk about these seven secrets and the foundational secret that nobody writes about when they talk about happiness is the actual physical functioning of your brain. And when it works right, you tend to be happier. Yeah. We're going to get into the seven um, in a second. I'm trying to see where I have it so I can go back to it. Is it not the seven, what was it? The seven neurotransmitters? Well, the seven neuroscience secrets. The neuroscience secrets, but we also have And we have neurotransmitters as well. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get back to that. But when you talk about protecting the brain and teaching young kids uh, at an early age that, you know, drugs and alcohol and all those things, it's not that it's just bad because the government says it's bad or their parents say it's bad. It's really bad for the brain. I think it's great. It's interesting. Line number nine here. Uh, marijuana makes you happy and you know marijuana being legal now it's you know it's a different kind of game I've really loved marijuana in the cancer world I think it's super helpful there 
Um, but you said maybe in the short run, but over time, marijuana prematurely ages the brain and lowers overall blood flow, which is not associated with a happy brain. Plus teens who use marijuana have a 450% increased risk of psychosis, as well as a heightened risk of depression and suicide in young adulthood. People don't talk about that. Also the fact that there's, um, uh, overall lower blood flow. Talk about what lower blood flow does. Well, the number one predictor of Alzheimer's disease is low blood flow to the brain. Low blood flow is associated with ADHD, depression, and dementia. Blood is so important. Mm -hmm. It brings nutrients, takes away toxins, anything that disrupts blood flow prematurely ages. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. The brain. Now, whenever I post anything on marijuana, um, there's like this huge discussion in my community, and the haters come out, and I have no dog in the fight, right? I, I just, you know, if you're smoke pot, I'm more likely to see you than less likely to see you. Yeah. Um, but I did a study of 62,000 scans. It's the world's largest imaging study on how the brain ages. Our youngest patient in the study was nine months. Our oldest was 105. And we looked at what aged the brain. And marijuana was one of the worst things that aged the brain. Shocked us. You know, having schizophrenia, that was worse. That prematurely aged your brain 10 years. Yeah, that's uncontrollable. Uh, uh, well, it's it's way more treatable than people no, think. No, but I mean, it's uncontrollable to get it. Right. So, so you have no don't choice. choose that. Yeah. Correct. But with marijuana, you do choose it. And... As the perception of the dangerousness of a drug goes down, its use goes up. And I actually grew up here in the valley. And so before I got here, I was driving around and I saw all of these marijuana clinics. And I'm just like, oh. Um, but do you think my mentality, like my mind would reason that if you have anxiety, let's say, that taking something natural like marijuana would be better to reduce your anxiety than perhaps taking, you know, like Xanax or something, you know, that is prescribed, that's chemical. Well, neither one of them are good. Okay. And so if you have anxiety, the first thing to do is let me teach you how to breathe. Uh, So let me see if I can really do it naturally, right? And people often go, oh, but... You have opiate receptors in your brain, so opiates are natural. Well, that didn't turn out very well. Mm. Or you have benzoreceptors in your brain. 
Well, that didn't turn out well with Xanax and Clonopin and Valium and Librium and Ativan. No, that didn't turn out wow. very well. Um, and so, yes, you do have cannabinoid receptors in your brain, but it doesn't mean we should you know, load them up. If you have anxiety, first thing, like the first time I was on CNN, I almost had a panic attack in the green room. And I chuckled to myself. I'm like, you treat people have this problem. What do you do? Don't leave. Because if I would have left, I'd never been on TV again. Breathe in a very specific way. Four seconds in, hold it for a second, eight seconds out. It's that rhythm that can actually trigger a relaxation response in your body. So breathing is absolutely essential to mastering anxiety. And then I'm in the green room. I'm like, all right, write down what you're thinking. Because we live in a society of undisciplined minds. Mm -hmm. And no one ever taught me until I was 28 years old in my psychiatric residency that I didn't have to believe every stupid thing I thought. And so I wrote down, I'm in the green room, you're going to forget your name. Now, I've been on television like a thousand times. No one ever asked me my name. They already knew it. <laughs> um, you're going to stutter. Two million people are going to think you're an idiot. No wonder I was anxious. I had all these yeah. negative thoughts. Well, did you apply the lesson that Dr. Amen taught us, which is the, is this 100% true <laughs> statement? <laughs> I use that all the time. I did. And in fact, I, I often think like a cat plays with a mouse is you have to play with your thoughts a little bit. You're going to forget your name. And I wrote, probably not. I've never forgotten my name. But if I do, I have my driver's license in my wallet. Hilarious. <laughs> or you're going to stutter. And I'm like, probably not. I usually don't stutter. But if I do, there'll be stutterers watching. It'll have a doctor they can relate to. And um, my favorite one was two million people are going to think you're an idiot. And I wrote, probably so. <laughs> And then I wrote next to it this little rule, the 1840-60 rule, which says you're, when you're 18, you worry about what everybody's thinking of you. And when you're 40, you don't give a damn what anybody thinks about you. And when you're 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you at all. And I'm like, they're going to think about me till the next beer commercial. And they're not. And I'm going to, you know, be upset with myself. And even, you know, like we're both public figures, they don't think about us, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they may think about us for a, a little bit, um, especially like the craziness at the Oscars. But it'll blow over like everything else blows over and you can just go on with your life. Mm -hmm. But if you're not if you don't discipline your mind, it will hurt you. Yeah. And so many people who are not happy have undisciplined minds. So before we get into that, because I want to get into that, I want to go back to the cannabinoid receptors because marketing is so special. The way products are marketed like that, I remember seeing something and like, we have cannabinoid receptors in our brains. And you're like, oh, we do? Oh my God, I never knew that. No wonder this is good for me, right? <laughs> and so it's interesting to hear that we have opioid receptors and all these other receptors. And like you said, how did that turn out? Not, um, not good. So what about CBD? Um, it's FDA approved for seizures, uh, especially in children. And there, I've seen studies showing it helps with social anxiety but my thought is, before we do it with a chemical, let's see if we can do it by building skill, mm -hmm. not just giving you a pill. And, you know, I own a supplement company. I own BrainMD. But, you know, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's innocuous. Cyanide is natural. Arsenic is natural. And... and you know, I mean, step three in You Happier is supplement your brain. Because there's certain um, plant-based medicines I love, like saffron, 
you know, when the pandemic started, I just finished making happy saffron with saffron, zinc, and curcumins. And then, you know, as you know, my dad died shortly thereafter, had to close my New York clinic. And I'm like, okay, this is stressful. And so I started taking happy saffron. Do it every day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like you can think your way out of everything. Yeah. But I always want to get your biology right, your physical health, your psychology right, your connections right, and your sense of purpose mm-hmm. right. And if I work in those four circles all the time, you're happier. Wow. So an undisciplined mind, will you explain that and then how to discipline your mind? Well, secret number five is manage your mind and gain psychological distance from the noise in your head. Thoughts come from all sorts of places. They come from your ancestors. People don't know that. If trauma happens in your great-grandparents or your grandparents, it actually gets written into your genetic code. So when... uh, mother is pregnant with a baby girl. She's actually influencing, her behavior is influencing her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Because when the baby girl is born, she's born with all of the eggs in her ovaries she will ever have. And our stresses, but also our strength, our resilience gets written into our code. And so... Thoughts also come from the voices of our parents uh, that we heard growing up. They come from our friends, from our siblings, from our enemies, from the news, from the music. And just because you have a thought has nothing to do with whether or not it's true, whether or not it's helpful, whether or not it's useful. It's sort of like the weather. And when you learn to take the thoughts captive, to discipline them, your life gets so much better. And literally, I was 28 years old, sitting in a classroom in my psychiatric residency, and the professor said, people never learn that you don't have to believe everything you think. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Because mm-hmm. I have, like most people, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld said, the brain is a sneaky organ. We all have weird crazy, stupid, sexual, violent thought that nobody should ever hear. And uh, I had a really hard day at work about 30 years ago. I saw um, two couples who hated each other, four suicidal patients in one day for shrink, that's a lot, and two teenagers who run away from home. And All in one day? All in one day. And I That's why you remember it so so vividly. <laughs> and I, well, I remember what happened next was I walked into my house. Nobody was home, and there were thousands of ants in the kitchen. Like somebody left food out, and I was furious, and stressed, and tired. And as I was cleaning up these ants. You know, in your medical school, you're always figuring out how to remember things because you learn 50,000 new words the first year. And so you're always making little mnemonics or memory devices. And I'm cleaning up the ants, and I went, automatic negative thoughts. My patients are infested. And the next day at work, I brought a can of ant spray, and I put it on the coffee table, and I said... I'm going to teach you how to kill these things. You don't need them. They're not helpful. They're ruining your life. So and seeing the ants, you decided to create the ANTS, automatic n- negative thoughts. Right. The That's little so interesting. Acronym. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished, I don't even need to do anything else. It 
is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way. Go to the way T H E O U A I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T H E O U A I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me. You won't regret it. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And then I'm like, okay, ant spray is toxic. And then I was on Pier 39, my First clinic was in the Bay Area. So I went to Pier 39, uh, Fisherman's Wharf, and I found an anteater puppet. And then I, and I ordered an ant puppet, and I started playing because I also see children. And the kids love this analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wrote a book called uh, Captain Snout and the Superpower Questions. Uh, and it's just whenever you have a thought that bothers you, write it down. And then just ask yourself, is it true? Is it absolutely true? How do you feel when you have this thought? And um, how do you act when you have this thought? What's the outcome of having this thought? Because it's not the thoughts you have that make you suffer. It's the thoughts you attach to Mm. that make you suffer. And if you can ask yourself, okay, how does it make me feel? How does it make me act? What's the outcome? Um, you, real, you realize that these negative beliefs that are mostly not true damage your life. And then you go, well, how would I feel if I didn't have the thought? And my favorite part of it is take the original thought and you flip it to the opposite. And you ask yourself if the opposite's not true. So if I take an example, Tana never listens to me. Um, and I've had that thought and I'm like, is that true? And it's like, I've written 16 national public television specials about the brain. She's listened to the scripts for all of them. So I'm like, all right, it's not true. Um, how do I feel when I have the thought? Sad, lonely, disconnected, um, mad. Cause I'm a good husband. Um, how does that make me act? Like, give myself permission to be rude to her or isolate and withdraw from her. What's the outcome? A lousy marriage. Um, Who would I, how would I feel without the thought? Normal, happy. And how would I act? Normal, happy. And what'd be the outcome? I'd stay close and I'd realize, you know, maybe she's just having a bad day or being distracted. And I turn it around, Tana does listen to me. And then I list like 50 examples of it. But you see, if you just leave that negative thought there, it'll connect with other negative thoughts. Mm. And so... Create a little community in your brain. And then they'll stack and then they attack. And so learning to discipline your mind right down what you're thinking. And one of the exercises is write down a hundred of your worst thoughts. So if you struggle with depression, the easy answer, and I'm happy to do it, I'll give you Lexapro or Pristique or one of Wellbutrin, you know, I'm good with medicine. But can we work for a few weeks on disciplining your mind and then checking your thyroid to make sure that your body's right and your brain. So the thyroid is, right. is an issue with depression. Often. If your thyroid's low, you feel sad. If it's high, you feel anxious. What number should you be at? Well, if you just look at TSH 
for example, thyroid stimulating hormone, you should be under two. Um, if it's higher than two, it often means your thyroid is sluggish. If it's higher than five, you need to see an endocrinologist. It's, it's so important. And you, you see, if your hormones aren't right, you have more ants. Yeah. And so if you think, so when is the worst time for an ant infestation? Well, if you haven't slept, yeah. you have lower blood flow to your brain, more ants. Think of the front part of your brain is the ant tamer, if you will, that when it's sleepy, that's why, again, you don't want to be drinking or using marijuana, right? You don't want to take the break off your brain, Um it's more vulnerable the week before your menstrual cycle for women. It's more vulnerable when you go through menopause. It's more vulnerable if you've not eaten. When we deal with addicts, we often say HALT. Um, remember this acronym, don't get too hungry because you're more likely to relapse, more ants. When your blood sugar is low, um, don't get too angry. Negative thoughts perpetuate other negative thoughts. Don't get too lonely. People who are disconnected is why the pandemic was so hard for so many mm -hmm. people. And then don't get too tired. And so if you can just remember that, I need to eat healthy food on a regular basis. I need to watch my thoughts so I'm not angry. Um, I need to be connected and I need to sleep. Wow. I mean, all of that is so helpful. Kelsey's eyes are bugging out of her head. I because honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, last week was a really, really hard week for me. And I honestly, Dr. Amen, have an appointment with my therapist later. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I need to go back on my anxiety medication. But then I think back to last week and I was like, I didn't sleep well. I was coming off my period. Because I wasn't sleeping well, I probably wasn't putting the right nutrition in my body. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I think you just saying that has now... And you made a full move from <laughs> right, your apartment to right, a new apartment. Right. You were exhausted. It's just funny how messages from the universe come into you in certain ways. Because no joke, I was literally going to go tonight. Yes. And Always. be like, let's do it. Let's go back on Lexapro. <clears throat> so anyways, yes, that's well, massive. And, and maybe that's part of the answer. But if you do it without taking really good care of those four circles of your physical health, of your psychological health, of your social connections. And the easy answer is, oh, you know, give me the medication. But, you know, in my mind, skills, not just pills, skills. Ooh. And unfortunately, psychiatry has dramatically changed. When I was trained in the early 80s, we were really taught to be whole person psychiatrists. We'd see you for an hour, two or three a week, depending on what was going on. We'd do your therapy. We'd run groups. And then in the early 90s, when managed care took over psychiatry in partnership with pharmaceutical industry, they turned psychiatrists into the candy man. You know, they're the medication management person. And I hated that. I'm like, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I, mean, I want to be good with medicine. But that's not the point, mm. right? It's not the point. The point is to help you have a better brain. Well, because the behaviors mind. will persist. It's just you're doing it in a calmer state. So you're not really healing yourself, right? You're not healing it. And <clears throat> the medicine is insidious in that it changes your brain to need it in order for you to feel normal. And I don't like that. It's why I don't prescribe benzos. I hate them because once we start them, you're not going to want to stop them. Mm -hmm. And why would I do that? Especially now, new research came out that they're increased with the higher incidence of dementia. And I'm always, I'm like a long-term thinker. I'm like, well, how's your brain going to be 20 years from now? Mm -hmm. um, is it going to be better? Is it worse? <laughs> Why am I going to start a problem? At least, like, work with me. Let's, yeah. Let me teach you the breathing and practice it. Uh, let me teach you how to kill the ants. Uh, another fun technique in the book, new for this book, is give your mind a name. Love this technique so much. Um, I was interviewing Stephen Hayes, who's a famous psychologist, and he talked about this technique of psychological distancing from the nonsense or the noise in your head. 
And I'm like, give your mind a name. What would I name my mind? And um, I actually grew up here in Encino, actually not very far from here. And um, I had a pet raccoon when no I way. was 16. And Wait, what do you mean you had a pet raccoon? So I went to the store, the pet store, to get my dog a leash. And this little thing crawls up the back of my leg and crawled all the way up to my shoulders. And then when I had hair, started playing with my hair. A baby raccoon? A baby raccoon. So Just I out of nowhere at Petco? She's in the pet store. And I'm like, oh, I have to have you. Didn't ask my parents, brought her home, gotten into all sorts of trouble. Wait, I was 16. But pet stores don't have raccoons as pets. Well, this... they did in 1970. Oh. When oh, wow. I was 16. And I loved her. Oh, my God. She talked. She was smart. She was adorable. If you wanted to get a date, put her on a leash, take her for a walk. Um, You're joking right now. There's a raccoon in my trees. I took a picture of it the other night because my shepherd has been barking at this one tree for the longest time. And we had had an experience. We were in the hot tub and the little raccoon was just hanging over looking at us. And Kevin's like, I think we should leave very carefully right now. And I look up, I'm like, ah! Anyhow, they're not going to hurt you. Sleeping on its back, <laughs> his legs are in the air, and I took a picture of him in the tree. And I'm like, um, there are so cute. I didn't know they could be domesticated. Because <laughs> now, guess what? I want a raccoon. So her name was Hermie. Okay. I actually didn't know she was a girl when I named her. And like my mind, she was a troublemaker. Um, one day she TP'd my mother's bathroom. That was a very bad day. When my dad got home, um, we'll talk about brain types in a little bit. Yeah. But, um, he's the persistent brain type. You never tell him what to do. And my mom said, it's either me or the raccoon. And he said, don't let the door hit you in the behind. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, this could be a very bad for me. Wow. And then... Hermie ate all of the fish out of my sister's aquarium, which was another bad day. Whoa. But this is my mind. My mind just stirs up trouble. And so I've named my mind Hermie. Okay. And so I can put her in the cage if she's like misbehaving. That's funny. I like that. And what I is really, that compartmentalizing though? It is. Okay. <laughs> and what I often do when it's really giving me trouble, I'll just imagine I used to put her on her back and tickle her, mm-hmm. and she loved that and would make these purring sounds. Uh, raccoons have two hundred different sounds they make, and I'm like, well, you know, this is not helpful. And so you just think, is this helpful or? Not helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my they have all sorts. My patients have all sorts of names for their minds. One named them after its parrot because it just said the same stupid thing over and over again. Um, another one calls her mind Psycho Sandy. It's like oh, don't need this. Uh, sometimes they name the mind of you know a difficult parent um, just to separate. So if you can get distance mm-hmm. and then you can analyze this helps me. This makes me a better person that gets me toward my goals or it hurts me. Mm, Okay. Because we have this undisciplined thinking in our society that's just not helpful. And it comes from the news. Right? That was CNN another lie. hates Fox. Fox hates CNN. They pick on each other all the time. It's complete labeling undisciplined thinking, which perpetuates illness in our society. Yeah. Well, one of the things I loved that I learned at Tony Robbins uh, seminar, I said, you can feed your mind or you can let the world feed it. And so when you think about the news, and that is one of your lies in the um, beginning of the book, um, the news, and I remember marking it actually, the news always highlights scandalous and terrifying stories to keep you hooked on their channels. And that is true. And the second I eliminated the news from my life, it made me so much happier. Goodbye. You're all here to just play with my emotions and feed me really sad, you know, and emotional things and to scare and to feed my fear, which I have enough of. Um, and that was really, really helpful. Before we move on, because there's so much to get to, I need to know what happened to Hermie. Well, you know, I raised her in a very religious family and 
she found, and I don't know how she did, she found like a, you know, hoodlum raccoon, got pregnant, and broke my heart. You're joking. This is not even real. This should be a children's book. You got to write this as a children's book. I'm serious. Uh, She broke my heart and ended up having seven babies and went off. She left you? She left me. What a bitch. (laughs) She's a little slut who was unappreciative. And you deserved better than that, Dr. Amen. Um, wait, this is hilarious. And you didn't want to keep one of the babies? You couldn't. She well, just left she, with them? She went off with them. And wow. it was heartbreaking. How long did you have her for? Two years. And just loved her. Wow. What love can do. <laughs> That's amazing. It's my favorite story ever. I really think you should write a children's book, but that would be a little dark, right? <laughs> Hermie the slut who left me. <laughs> But Here that's kids, interesting. Don't do this. I had a day last couple two weeks ago where I'm a slut was one of the major thoughts for like three of my patients. No way. And and I'm like, okay, I'm a slut. Is that true? It's absolutely true. How do you feel when you believe it? Um, and so what's bad about that? <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm like, it's what you attach it Yeah. Are you to, having fun? Like my daughter. Are you healthy? <laughs> my, my daughter works at a um, restaurant in Newport Beach, and um, somebody called her a bitch. And the manager was there, and my daughter looked at the manager, and she said, he's not wrong. And I thought that was such a great comeback wow. to, you know, I can be tough. When I need to be tough. And, you know, it's that label and then what you attach Mm -hmm. to the label. Like, I'm bad. And I'm like, no, I'm affectionate. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so maybe it's an adult (laughs) book. Like, you know, animation, (laughs) when animation touches adults in the funniest of ways, you should do that. Hey, friends, I'm back in a new outfit. And I'm here because, (laughs) because I realized that This is a lot of information and it's a lot of incredible information and valuable takeaway that we decided to split this episode into two so that we have time to digest part one, implement, and then take in part two. So here I am in my, what do you call this green? It's like a mint-ish. It's like a dark mint? Dark mint. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in my green sweater. It's a whole other day. We decided... Yeah, we need to switch this and make this into two-parters. So uh, let's leave everything we just learned right there. Soak that in. And then tomorrow, part two will be available for you. And in the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.